The Boston Bruins centennial season is underway. They are 1-0 after beating Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks on Wednesday night. We are going to talk about all of it. The celebration pregame, what happened on the ice, expectations for this team, and I'm going to be joined by a special guest here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. So let's get right into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things Spoked B. And we have a regular season game to break down on the podcast today as the Bruins won their season opener last night against Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. Nick Felino, Taylor Hall, Ryan Donato were also in the house. We're going to get into all of it here coming up in a moment. I want to thank you, first of all, for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine. We are free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more right now. New customers can get a $5 bet, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Mike McCauley, a Bruins writer who uh, has been a long time follow for me. I love his coverage, have since the 2011 Cup and even before that. Uh, we both wrote back in the day for the hockey writers. He was on the pod back during the playoffs, and uh, I'm excited to be chatting about the Centennial, about the Boston Bruins, and what was a very memorable night. Uh, yes, Connor Bedard scored his first career goal against Linus Allmark, but that's all the offense the Blackhawks were able to muster. David Pasternak with a pair, Trent Frederick with a goal as well to lead the Boston Bruins to victory. Milan Lucic made his presence felt. Uh, just a great game overall, tempered by the fact that the Blackhawks were playing their second game in two nights. You could really see some fatigue settling in during the third period, but uh, we're going to get into all that here coming up in a moment with Mike McCauley. Quick reminder, you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at LockedNHLBruins. X, as it's now known, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey thoughts on X, Twitter, Instagram, threads, blue sky, at Ian C. McLaren. All right, that's all by way of introduction. Let's now get into my chat here today with Mike McCauley. All right, pleased to be joined uh, once again here on the podcast by Mike McCauley. As I said earlier, Mike's been a a guy that I have been following for, I don't know, probably since I jumped on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Longtime Bruins writer, excited that he's back. Uh, We can talk about your uh, where people can find where you're writing 
these days later on. But I wanted to start. Uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but you know, it's the centennial season. Uh, a lot of memories popping up for our Bruins fans. I talked about yesterday on the podcast how my probably biggest moment as a kid that made me fall in love with the Bruins was uh, the 50 and 44 for Cam Neely. What was your big moment uh, that really solidified your, uh, your devotion to the Boston Bruins? Yeah, that's a great question. I would honestly say that's probably up there with mine, but maybe to give you uh, give you a slightly different answer. Uh, those Reggie Lemlin, Andy Moog or Andy Moog years. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah where I believe it was either 93 or 94 battling against the Canadians in the playoffs. Yeah. Reggie Lemelin had that incredible series. Yes. Uh, you know, my, my dad was, my dad grew up a huge Bruins fan, obviously. So as soon as I was able to start watching the games and, and really start taking it in my earliest memories of even watching television were the Bruins. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're very late eighties team. I, you know, I'm an 86 baby. So you're very late eighties teams, early nineties. Um, it was always so much fun, I think, in the mid-90s watching those teams, too, because they were always really good, but they weren't really – obviously, they, they never won anything. But, yeah. you know, your Ray Bork, Adam Oates, Cam Neely, Craig Janney, those teams are just – those always stick out in my mind as, like, your your ultimate, like, your Bruins teams, you know, for, at least yeah. for my generation. Yeah, yeah same. And uh, I'm so glad that they have that look for this season – uh, with yeah. those those jerseys for me, or the 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 spoke to be that they have at center race right now, TD Garden is that's it for me. I, I hope they keep it's that look. Uh, I hope hope they keep that look beyond this season for sure. Um, it's yeah. funny you mentioned like earliest TV memories. I think it was like '88. They, they played a series against the Sabers, and I had this vivid memory of this small TV that we had where I'd put it on played the pregame intro and I was just like, Oh, I can't wait for this to, to get started. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, I think they went to the the cup final that year. One of yep. those losses to the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the past, obviously the big part of last night was the centennial celebration. So many faces from the past uh, that came out. Um Kind of those post Neely Oates Bork years were pretty lean. I talked yesterday how they won like one playoff series over the course of 13, 14 years. Uh, but one guy that I loved seeing last night uh, was Sergey Samsonov, 98 Calder Trophy winner. Hadn't seen him in, in quite some time. Uh, were there any faces that stood out to you that, uh, that was? Pretty cool to see Tim Thomas. Always great to see him uh, around the Bruins. But a- anybody else that popped up, popped out to you? Yeah, I mean Samsonov's Samsonov's up there for me. Um, I think thanks to you know all the games of Pakadoku that I played over the summer, like <laughs> realizing, oh my God, Samsonov played for all of these teams. <laughs> like he was just like your go-to answer, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Tim Thomas for sure. I think the fact that they got Phil Esposito back is yeah. Um, that that was very surprising to see him, especially because you know all the times they celebrated that um, the the seventy or the seventy two cup teams, he was never there. He's obviously was very outspoken uh, mm. about his experience in Boston at the time, and uh, I think it was really great to see him back. But you know, over the summer when they did the bear tracks with uh, in Vermont with Tim Thomas, mm, yeah, that that to me was like 
it was such a special moment because I, he's, you know, that Thomas has been through so much and post hockey had a really difficult relationship with, I think his celebrity and, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that and his relationship to the game. Um, So obviously we haven't seen him in quite some time. So the fact that he is becoming more comfortable with getting himself out there and, and really being able to get, get his due, get get his due celebrations and 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 you know have people really celebrate what he meant to the team rightfully so um i think that's really great but great to see great to see guys like sean darton out there too um obviously guys who have relationships with other teams that are with other teams um i I thought that was really cool but yeah i i think tim thomas for me see with with espo seeing them both back is was really special yeah i mean even just thinking about tim thomas like we all remember the cup win but his story getting to that point was it was yeah. really unreal like kind of a yeah. disney movie level uh unlikely success story so yeah it's great to see him back i mentioned this on twitter this morning one guy i really hope they can incorporate into the celebration and kind of along the same lines as espo had a bit of a rocky end to it is is joe thornton i really hope they bring him back uh, at some point as well you know, he was first overall pick. He was the captain for a bit. Obviously, didn't uh, work out. And you could argue that trade set the stage for them to add Chara, Savard, and really sure. set the next wave off. But I hope uh, I hope he can be part of it as well. It'd be cool to see Nathan Horton at one of these things as well uh, in person. That'd be really cool. I actually think, along with Thornton, Nathan Horton's probably up there for um... – someone you just he keeps a really low profile these days like obviously joe thornton doesn't keep a low profile but his relationship with boston is is certainly complicated um you know the fact that it's it's somewhat of a new i mean it's a new regime like obviously the jacobs family is still is still the ownership um and i think being able to come back and be a part of what the franchise like celebrating the franchise's history um what it's done for the game, what it's done for hockey in general. I, I think, you know, come get your, come get your, yeah. and get your celebrations, you know, yeah, especially sure. him being a captain. Too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jason Allison captain there for a bit. Jason Maybe Allison. he'll pop back too. All right. We're going to get actually, into, uh, what wondering action- too, like, sorry, I was actually wondering too, like who is going to be the most, uh, like the, the, the one, the one player who is uh, unexpected that you, that you yeah. wouldn't expect to see at the celebration. But I think yeah, the fact yeah. that Samson off was there is, is yeah. yeah. Really, you look like a uh, Christian Slater out there with, uh, yeah. with the, glass, <laughs> the glasses and the hair. It was great. Uh, yep. Anyways. Yeah. We'll get into what actually took place on the ice here coming up in a moment, but first uh, let's get to a word from one of our today's uh, sponsors. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, on that initial minimum $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get in on the action this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
All right, so when it comes to uh, the product on the ice last night, of course, the Bruins beating the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1. to one. Not surprising at all that uh, Connor Bedard got his first goal of the season or of his career against the Bruins. Uh, for me, it was a solid effort from the Bruins. I think Jim Montgomery said they kind of looked average, uh, maybe a function of Chicago playing their, their second game of the season already last night. Uh, what were your overall impressions of uh, what the Bruins brought on the ice last night against Chicago? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's very much the first game of the season. Um, you can tell, especially in the top six, I thought where those lines are starting to figure out how to play with one another with one another. Um, obviously, the Zaka JVR uh, Pasternak line got broken up towards the end of the game. Yeah. That line I felt like was was maybe a little disjointed, but um on the other side of that i think the bottom six had an incredible game um mm-hmm. those six players really stepped up um i think the fourth line of lucic beecher and loco was just flying out there um and it's funny i was i was looking at some of the stats and you know someone like milan lucic only registered one hit um oh, so wow. it's so so it's not like you're 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 getting your typical milan lucic you know steamrolling everyone over um, but I, I would agree. I, I think had they played a stronger team, um, not Chicago, I don't think this would have been a win. Right. Um, but, you know, definitely some things to work on and, and definitely some chemistry that needs to be built. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I think Chicago was down to 10 <laughs> forwards uh, because yep. Taylor Hall was injured. I, I just saw this morning yep. he's now week to week after that uh, yep. Brandon Carlo hit, which is tough for, tough for him, obviously, tough for that team. Yep. Um, then Jason Dickinson got the misconduct for the fight with John Beecher after his hit, which I saw someone, I saw someone calling for supplemental discipline on, on that Beecher hit, which uh, I don't know if it was that, uh, that egregious, but, uh, that bottom six to me, yeah, looked amazing. Matt Patra looked fantastic to me. I've, you know, you see all the even Andrew Raycroft made the comparison to Patrice Bergeron coming in as a teenager unexpected for me, his game reminds me more. If we're going to make these crazy comparisons reminds me more of a a David Krejci in terms of him slowing down the game, finding that like we saw it on that Trent Frederick goal where he curled around found Carlo at the point who fired it over, uh, what are your overall impressions so far of uh, Matt Potra? And, and do you see him sticking beyond the the nine games and Boston burning that uh, first year of his entry-level deal? At this rate, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, when 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 he was kind of on the bubble and it wasn't really sure, a sure thing that he would make the team, um, I thought it would be, you know, kind of a nice story. They'll give him the 10-game tryout. Um, I think he's elevating the game of Frederick and Geeky, for sure. Yeah. That, like I said, that third line was was very much like the fourth line buzzing out there. Um, I think it's worth giving him a shot in the top six, playing with better wingers, um, because I think that's where you're really going to start to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that he's not afraid to shoot the puck. I think he was the most noticeable player out there when they were um, when they were on the power play with man advantage. Mm-hmm. He was definitely the one orchestrating um, the plays. And, you know, that second power play unit, I think, was so much better than the first power play unit. And he was a big reason why. Um, 
you know, so I, I would like to see him get some looks with with some of the the bigger players, big, you know, your your pastas, your your Marshawn DeBrusque, um, to see what he can do. But yeah, I, I think for a team that's so needing centers, mm-hmm. there's no one else coming, um, you know, and I, I don't I don't know who's going to take that that place. Like Geeky actually had, um, I believe he had seven or eight faceoffs yesterday too last night. Right, right. Um, so you you could slot him in there and and mm-hmm. you know get another winger. That's where maybe Dan Hyen comes in eventually. But um, yeah, I mean, th- there's nothing right now that says he should not be yeah on the team. Yeah, we'll see sure. if that changes in the next nine games. I've shared this story on the podcast before, but uh, prior to him being drafted, I was actually at a game in Guelph, uh, and Don Sweeney was uh, in the stands. So I went over, <laughs> asked him. You know, who you're here watching, he just said he was, at the time, he was scouting centers. Uh, so there were a couple guys on the storm at that point that were draft eligible. Uh, David Goyette, who's another top center in the OHL, went to Seattle in the second round. He was playing that night. Uh, but now looking back and seeing what Patra has been doing so far, it just seems like such a natural – like he just seems like <laughs> – like, uh, prototypical Bruins forward. He he had a yep. scoring chance on one end last night, rushed back, helped break up another opportunity at the other end. Um, I can't imagine anybody within the organization thought it would happen this soon. And I, I yep. know that the Guelph Storm <laughs> were not banking on not having him back in the junior this season. But I agree with you at this point, based on last night, based on the preseason, small sample size still, but uh, it certainly looks like he is just a part of the team, a part of the team at this point. Yeah, definitely looks like he belongs. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the bottom six, Lucic, uh, ended up playing on that top line for a little bit. Some, uh, shades of the old Lucic streaking mm-hmm. down, setting up David Pasternak's, uh, goal there. Do you think that's kind of, uh, that first game energy from Lucic or, you know, based on the past several seasons, he played elsewhere, not quite the same guy we saw. Maybe it's just uh, some sort of Spider-Man energy where he's just infused with the black and gold and, and kicks it up a notch. Uh, What are your expectations for him as the season goes on? Probably settle in and, you know, maybe get 30, 30 points. I don't know. That seems maybe a bit high even too. Yeah, I, that's probably a bit high. Um, you know, for sure, he was riding the adrenaline last night. Yeah. And you could, t- like, I, I, I'm i trying to think off the top of my head, players that, like, love being a Bruin. Yeah. And I, as much, like, Lucic loves it here. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he always he always has, he always did. You know, you talk about players that didn't maybe have a great experience here. Lucic was traded, and mm-hmm. he still is, like, I believe black and gold. Like, this yeah. is home to me. Um. I think it's great to see him back in mm-hmm. Boston. You know, I, I love the story of it. I love the fact that he's going to be a fourth liner. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he is someone, you know, you could put him net front on a power play. He's going to be tough to move. He's going to be that type of guy that just, you know, hits folks on the, on the fourth line. Um, he's not an offensive guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The one thing that really stuck, stuck out to me in, in his play in the defensive zone against any other team um you know there would have been some problems but he was just floating out there um, yeah, yeah, it looked yeah. like he was kind of 
it, it was like I felt like I was watching myself play like <laughs> barely hockey. Where it was just like just floating in between the top of the circle into the in the point. Um, you, you can't do that, you know, yeah, against a yeah, team yeah. like Chicago, maybe. But um, I think it's a great story. I mm-hmm. I think he's I think it's great that he's back. He signed for a very low cap number. I forget if it's a million or or one point five. Um, I think it's just a million. Yeah, crazy. Like it's he loves being here. You want guys that are that want to be here. You want guys that are gonna make others better. Yeah. Um, you know, he took a spin or two with the, with the top line last night. Um, I I don't think that's going to stick, but um, a great story, a great yeah, story, yeah, a yeah, great player, sure. a great person. So, and if and when Heinen signs, I mean, I don't even maybe necessarily an every night player. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But it's cool. I always think back to that uh, Zoom they had during the the pandemic where they reunited the 2011, and he was just yeah. He was just living. He was so, you could just tell he was emotional. He was just, yeah, just, it was really cool to see him. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's neat to see him back in black and gold for sure. Um, And yeah, you love to see guys who love to be uh, in Boston for sure. And uh, coming up after this next break, we're going to talk about overall expectations for this team coming into the season and uh, what we can expect moving forward. Uh, But first, another word from uh, one of today's sponsors. NHL season is finally here, and the Boston Bruins are back. We absolutely love the NHL, and I'm so thankful for all of you who join me on the podcast. And I want to tell you today about the Sleeper app. It's the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. How does it work? Well, NHL has never been more exciting than it is right now with stars like Connor McDavid, Jack Hughes, David Pasternak. You can pick more or less on stats for these stars on goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and you can get a 100 time payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code Locked On NHL, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL on the Sleeper app. Sleep. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. <coughs> All right, continuing my chat here with uh, Mike McCauley and Bruins winners. Uh, I guess I should ask, what do you think of uh, of Connor Bedard on the other side? Definitely living up to the hype uh, hype so far. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Anytime there's a post game uh, intermission interview, it's Connor Bedard. I was <laughs> watching the game with my wife last night, and like, poor guy, just doesn't between the Pittsburgh game and Boston, yeah. he just doesn't get a second to breathe. Um, Oh, he's fun to watch. Yeah. That release is is something. And yeah. you know, I was watching the game on TNT last night, and one of the things I so appreciate about that uh, about that that crew doing the intermission report is really breaking down how he's shooting the puck and his mechanics and how he's shifting the puck from being away from his body closer to his body and still being able to get it off at the as quick as he's yeah. able to. And that's what really screws up, screws with defensemen and, and goaltenders is they're not able to track that as quick as they can. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he's going to be a very great player uh, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
he's like just watching some of the interviews too. He loves it. He loves yeah. watching. He loves playing hockey. And like, it's so refreshing just getting someone that's like, I just love to play. I just love the game. Like, I'm just yeah. really excited to be here. So, mm-hmm. um, I was happy to watch him. You know, obviously two nights in a row. Looking forward to watching him for hopefully a very long time in his career. But yeah, um, you have these players. It's great for hockey. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up for the Bruins is the Nashville Predators. Uh, we keep going on the season. It was very odd not to see Patrice Bergeron in the lineup, not as much with David Krejci because we had already gone through a season without him. Uh, overall expectations for the Bruins this season. Uh, I think Jacobs the other day said the expectation is at least the playoffs. I still see them as a playoff team. Uh, what about you? Where do you think? they can finish in the Atlantic and you see the playoffs as, as kind of the baseline for them this year. Yeah, I think they're definitely still a playoff team. Um, you know, of course there's a considerable, considerable drop off from last year. Of course. Yeah. Um, you lose that amount of play, like the, the amount of players that they lost and then the record breaking season that they have, yeah. they're, they're not going to do that again. And it's not fair to put that expectation on them. Yeah. I almost think that they're becoming so over, like, so overrated that they're becoming underrated mm, yeah. um, in the sense of a lot of folks are sleeping on them. I think they're definitely a playoff team uh, going into the season. I had them firmly as a wild card. Um, I don't know anymore with Vasilevsky yeah. being, being injured. I think that makes Tampa really vulnerable. Mm. Um, and I think with Florida missing Ekblad and Montour for as yep. long as they're going to, I think that makes them vulnerable too. For sure. I think anywhere between two, three, four in Atlantic. Is, is fair. Um, I, I, I think this is Toronto's year. I, I think this is, if, if this is not Toronto's year, yeah, boy, I have no idea what's going to be Toronto's year. Um, you know, that, that's a really great team, but the Bruins for sure are still a playoff team. They have yeah. excellent defense, excellent goaltending, excellent coaching. Um, I think the offense can put it together. Like I am expecting big, big, big years from players like Frederick, players like Geeky, um, really stepping up. I think I still want to see a little bit more, uh, one game, small sample size. Sure. Yeah. I still want to see a little bit more from JVR um, and Pavel yeah, Zaka. Yeah. I think that chemistry, Zaka moving from the wing to center is going to be really important to watch. Um, but I think they're certainly still a playoff team. I, I don't think they're going to win the cup this year, but um, you know, I, I think they're going to be fun to watch, especially if they're starting to infuse younger players into the lineup. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, well, first of all, I think if any year was going to be Toronto's year, it was probably the COVID year where they had the chance to yeah. come out of the Canadian division. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, you're right. They look, uh, they look pretty good. And I mean, a lot of people high on Ottawa. They did not look great last night. We'll see the Sabres tonight. They still have some question marks, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruins definitely a playoff team, I think. But yeah, I, I do believe that it's weird. Without Bergeron, without Krejci, I'm still. I can't remember being this excited about uh, about a group of players. There's so many new faces, uh, some old faces, uh, but they still have you know elite level talent in David Pasternak. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy should be in the Norris conversation. They still have that goaltending tandem. Uh, we'll see if that continues next season with with Swayman only having the one year deal. But for now. I think they're pretty well positioned to be at least fun to watch and uh, through the regular season. That's all you can really ask for. 
uh, with enough wins to get to to get to the playoffs. Um, I I forgot who said it too, where it was like, you know, after such an awful collapse last year, the vibes around the team are very positive and very good. And like everyone kind of everyone came to camp prepared. And, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why it's really great having Marshawn as captain He's been he's been the the one constant from right. the time he was drafted. He's seen all these playoff collapses. He's won a championship. He's won the cup. Yep. And for him to really be the connector and the thread to pull everything together and pull this current team together of like you know guys on one year deals, guys just starting in the NHL, veterans. Um, I think that's a really important voice to have. Yeah. And I wanted to mention too, speaking of Marshawn, it was amazing to see him on that empty net goal, just pass it over to, to Pasternak, give him the goal unselfish. Uh, that's good yep. leadership right there. And uh, yeah, yep. really cool to see him get his first point as captain. Uh, Mike, I can't thank you enough for, for jumping on today and hopefully we'll yeah. uh, connect a few times during the season. Uh, tell people where you are uh, sharing your Bruins thoughts these days. Yeah. So um, like most writers, I now have a Substack, So you can find it at therunner.substack.com. Um, Bruin stuff, stuff about culture, being a dad. Uh, now that hockey's obviously back in, I think there's going to be a lot of hockey. So uh, really excited to do that. It's going to be coming out on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Um, you can subscribe using an email. It's free. Um, yeah, so. I'm a subscriber. It's uh, great stuff, Mike. Always a pleasure, and uh, yeah, let's let's uh, do this regularly if we can throughout the season. That'd be amazing. Definitely, definitely. Thanks a lot for having me on, Ian. Appreciate no it. No problem. All right, friends, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here. And on tomorrow's podcast, we'll preview the weekend's game against the Predators. Bring you all the latest here on the Black and Gold here on Locked On Boston Bruins part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day.